Well, good morning. I appreciate uh, thinking about some of Steve's uh, thoughts during the prayer this morning. And one of the things I think that, that can overcome us is just the amount of tragedy that is poured upon us day after day after day, especially through our media. Uh, you cannot escape it. Oh, we try to find the, the, the upbeats, the day spring, good thoughts for the day. We try to find those, but it seems that more times than not, we're just overwhelmed by just meanness and tragedy and things going wrong and, and everything that's negative about the world. And so I was thinking this morning about our dinner coming up for the campus ministry. And just to remind us, we're going to be providing dinner for the students at the Church of Christ campus ministry there at UALR coming up on the 19th. And so if you'd like to contribute to that meal, we've only got about 25 right now. We've had several graduate. So 25 students that they're expecting at the beginning of the school year. We're going to go over there and we're going to cook out for them at the, the campus house. This is, this is a house... Uh, that uh, the, the churches, the Central Arkansas churches have purchased and been using now for several years. And so uh, Caleb McLaughlin is the, the campus minister. So we're going to go over and we're going to kick out for these folks. And so uh, if you would like to go and meet some of these students and be there to help serve them, if you'll talk to me, we can take the, the, the church van. And so it would be easy to, to drive over there. If you want to meet us over there, you can do that too. You can stay as long as you want to. Uh, you can come when you need to. Uh, but it's going to be a, a, a good time to encourage these young people. And that is something that, when I was thinking about the, the history, or at least my history with this congregation, something that we've done a great job of is encouraging our young people. Uh, we're going to hear this morning about our, our new school year and our backpack buddies, our new season of that that's going to be kicking off. As you look around, and if you're here on Wednesday nights, uh, you hear the singing and the activity that's out in the activity center with the summertime and in our children's classrooms and all of those who are involved and all of these beautiful sounds of, of these children that we have here at Summers Avenue and all different ages. And some of us used to be children at Summers Avenue. And so you think about the influence that Christians here through this congregation have had uh, on the young people who have come through these doors. And now some have moved on. And so uh, Dalen Moore, many of you remember, I think we raised him up. And so uh, Dalen went to Harding, got his Bible degree, and now he is on the ministry staff at Pleasant Valley. And so he's working now uh, in the kingdom on a full-time capacity and, and preaching some over there. And so uh, we, we, I, I say we claim a little bit of, uh, of his upbringing, but of course his, his family and all of his friends and support that he has had. But you know, there's... Pictures of that all over. Kids who have come through Summers Avenue, who have gone on to, to be influences in their field of work, influences in places where they move to, influences in their family. And so uh, just uh, last month, uh, one of our young folks, uh, Jackson Ashbury, was able to go to Jamaica on a mission trip, his first mission trip and his first trip out of the country. And so uh, through the support of several uh, here at Summers Avenue, was able to do that. And so this morning, I'm going to take a few moments and uh, let him present to you uh, some of his experience on his trip to Jamaica and talk about uh, kind of the kingdom impact that they have. So I'm going to ask Jackson to come up um, as we talk about uh, this. Come on up, son. And so uh, they were gone for about uh, seven days. And so... Uh, 
with a group from the Orange Avenue congregation there in Eustis, Florida. And so uh, he and his mom got to go on this trip. And so, uh, uh, Jackson, tell me about the, the, when you found out the opportunity was available, uh, what, what kind of excitement? Uh, was there anxiety, a little anxiousness? Uh, were you excited about it? Yes, there was a little bit. Uh, I was a little nervous on the plane flight and um, like if it would crash or something, but no worries about that. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing. So Jamaica, of course, uh, if you don't know, uh, just pretty south of, of Miami. And so uh, actually the, the word Jamaica is covering up the island itself. Uh, you have to fly over Cuba, and that used to be a bigger deal uh, than it is now. So um, what, if anything, were you nervous about going to a place that you had never been before? Uh, maybe some of the things that you were uh, expecting when you got there? Um, probably when we landed in Montego Bay, I was expecting a little less, but it was actually a pretty rich city. And um, actually, my grandmother who went with us, she said, you'll see less than what there is here. And I definitely did once we got uh, more in Ocho Rios and um, <clears throat> over there. So, yes. So you flew over the ocean. When you got there, you're surrounded by ocean, right? Mm-hmm. So you've gone to the ocean all your life. You had experience. Was there something different? Did it seem different, this, this piece of the ocean? Uh, there off the, the coast of Jamaica versus what you've experienced in, in say, Florida? Uh, the water was more clear, um, and it, it wasn't, there weren't very many, like, actual beaches. It was just, like, um, kind of like rocks. Um, it would be, like, ocean and then rocks, and then you would get to the land. Okay. So you landed, uh, and you had to drive from, what, Ocherias to Galena, where you were working? Or uh, Montego Bay. Montego Bay to Galena, where you were working. So as you're, as you're, as you're riding here, what was your initial impression uh, as you're driving in, uh, through this, these different uh, little towns that you were going through? Um, it was kind of sad going through over to um, Galena. Um, there were people like... Uh, who would be asking for rides all the time on the side of the road, and they would, like, not have anything in their hands. And they their clothes were pretty bad and dirty. Okay. So what about driving on the wrong side of the road? Was that weird? <laughs> it was a little <laughs> weird. But um, I got used to it on the third or fourth day. Yeah. So. And so the van, or a van like this that you guys rode in. So if, if you've ever been to, to, on a mission trip to Jamaica, you've been, been to Jamaica, I know Gil would know this, uh, there's a, a term, packing the bus. And so uh, you have a, maybe a, a 15, uh, 16 passenger van that you could get probably 30 people in. And so uh, you're literally cr- cramming folks in. So you got to experience a, a little bit of that, right? Maybe yes. not, not quite to the overcapacity, but, right. but pretty full, right? So this is a picture from uh, Ocheria, she said. Yes. This one that you said. At took. a restaurant. Okay. So you guys, uh, you stayed at a hotel. And so this is a view from uh, your hotel. Tell us about, a little bit about uh, the place that you stayed. Um, so let me just say this. You, you used to stay in it like Comfort Inn, right, when you go on. Yes. We travel and stuff. So you got your own little pull-out bed and, you know, amenities and things like that. So tell us about this place. Um, it smelled really bad. They said it was the seaweed in the ocean that made it have the stench. And um, 
there in the room we stayed in there wasn't any air conditioning but we were it had a lot of breeze so it actually felt better than air conditioning I would say um, and the room itself was pretty uh, was pretty good too well I would say other than not having air conditioning the smell you probably felt pretty at home in <laughs> your room <laughs> Uh, so Sharon, you met Sharon. Yes. Uh, so Sharon, um, actually when I met Sharon, when I went to Jamaica some um, dozen years ago or so, and so uh, Sharon was uh, caretaking a house that the church in uh, at Orange Avenue there in Eustis, Florida uh, owned, and that was a house that they would use when they would go on uh, these annual uh, mission trips to Jamaica, sometimes more than once a year. And so uh, got to meet Sharon there, and then uh, so you met Sharon, and so tell us about your relationship with Sharon. Um, well, first of all, my grandpa has showed her, he goes about four times a year to Jamaica, and he's showed her pictures of me growing up and so it pretty much felt like she knew my entire life before I even met her <laughs> and so she was so happy to just see me and it was amazing and um uh she got to she said that she's going to call me her American son now so and so you're calling her what my Jamaican mom yeah. <laughs> and so you got to go to her house Yes. And uh, you'll get to. So this is uh, this is the yard of her house, right? Yes. So it looks um, a little bit different, uh, not quite as developed as we might expect uh, around here. Um, and so, what kind of impressions about um, there where Sharon was living? Um, she was super grateful for the house that she lived in. Um, it was like two room, two rooms in her house. There was a bedroom, and then there was like a living room. And um, she, in her house, she said that she just got a bunch of water and was so happy about it. And it was just amazing how grateful she was for the little that she had. So some sights along the way. You got to see, uh, see this fella who was carrying some water, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, when, uh, when you guys went, your whole purpose was to do work with the Galena Church, uh, Church of Christ that was there. Um, and so here's the building of Galena. And so uh, even though it was a different culture, there was probably some things that looked familiar, right? Some things that were similar, uh, probably because it's a, a church building and probably because it has Western influence on, uh, on its building and stuff. So um, what are some of the things that you kind of felt, uh, hey, this looks like a church building? Um, probably the pews in the picture up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a good-looking pulpit to be honest, up there. In, in the back of the picture, you can see that's where it was. Um, the podium is where they would, like, preach and all. And then there's, like, Bible verses up at the top. Um, yeah, it looked like a regular church building when I walked in. All right. And so you met Brother Reed. Yes. And um, Brother Reed, the, the minister there at the church. And so I got to spend some time with Brother Reed when I went. And was able to do some uh, um, some some Bible studies, and I would say door to door, but it was mostly trail to trail. And so we would go, and and they would put you out in a, a, a end of a, I guess you would say a street, and then you would walk, and you would walk through foliage, and and you would follow this little path, and you would end up at at a, a place where somebody was living. And so, uh, but you got to meet Brother Reed there. He's um, been there for working with the church there for, for many, many years. Um, and then you got, to, you got to preach while you were there. 
Yes. So uh, tell us about that experience. Um, when I was up there, it was like, it looked like I could see it in their faces that they were so into it. And they like to, uh, I can't impress it, but they said, they the way they said amen every time they liked something you said was pretty cool too. We were talking about that, and you, one of the things that you said was how, the, how responsive they were to, uh, and I remember growing up, there were times, and it was probably a, a, a different generation, it was a lot more response to uh, things that were going on in the service. Um, I'm, I'm not a responsive person, and I know a lot of you probably don't feel that way too, but even at sporting events, uh, I'm usually cheering inside, I'm not to jump up on the, you know, so I'm not, a, I'm not an amen out loud uh, sort of person. Um, but he experienced that quite a bit there uh, in, uh, in Jamaica. And so this is uh, Scott is on the right, and Scott's a youth minister uh, there at the Orange Avenue Church. And so uh, he was leading the, the teens and, and the young folks there, especially the Vacation Bible School uh, that you all did. And so uh, he got to meet Scott. And, of course, part of every trip to Jamaica uh, involves some sort of uh, repair, sprucing up. Uh, you did not escape Pappy's to-do list, did you? No. And so there's always uh, things to do around there. And then uh, you had to some, do some scrubbing. So you had a story about uh, doing the scrubbing. Um, so what we thought, what everyone thought we were supposed to do was um, the orange paint. If you can see it, you can barely see it. But um, we were supposed to paint all the walls orange. And when Brother Reed came in, he he said, leave up the flowers and trees and decorations of the painting and for the kids and in the other room in another room they had pretty much trimmed everything and they were starting to layer it on and he came in and they were they were pretty disappointed and they just started scrubbing for like 30 minutes straight and they also uh, did the level line um, where I'm scrubbing there and it was it was a mess so the classrooms that uh, you guys taught um, in the classrooms when you did your vacation Bible school. And so uh, this one of the uh, classes that you were teaching in. And this was, what age group were you in charge of? Uh, third and fourth graders. Okay. And so how did they, uh, how did they respond to you? Because you're just a couple of years ahead of them, right? Um, they treat you like the old man? <laughs> they treated me like I was older than I, what I really was. Yeah. But... Um, if they didn't know your name, they would call you sir or miss. So really, they were very respectful of you, weren't they? Yes. So y'all did, uh, you did a lot of activities and, and some teaching, and, and you worked on this uh, ahead of time, several weeks ahead of your uh, going down there, right? And putting your lessons together and, and getting a plan of how you were going to, uh, to teach and present the material that you were responsible for, right? So you had this. You said this is Jesus says. So you had a story about this. Um, instead, of, I did. I call it Jesus says because that day we were uh, teaching them the twelve disciples, and I, so I did Jesus says because uh, he called the twelve disciples and they had to listen and obey. It's basically uh, Simon says with a different name. And instead of saying Simon says, I would say Jesus says. Um, so yeah. They like that game too. And, um, well, you can tell um, just in their their faces uh, how excited they were uh, to have you and to to be um, experience 
what you brought to them. So they, it was this puzzle, you know, a story about yes. this puzzle. Um, so that day we were uh, doing the uh, Joshua and the Walls of Jericho. And so in the ladies' class, um, there were two, my grandmother and another lady were doing that class. And so they had a puzzle of this verse up here. Um, and they were, there were different pieces scattered on this table. And so all the ladies in the class had to work together and put the pieces together. But one of the ladies kept, one of, kept the last piece behind her back, uh, kind of to see how they would react and see if they would go crazy and all. And so they got it all down, and then they were missing one piece. And so they started looking everywhere for it. Where, we, where did it end up? And so she pulled it behind her back, and they all just fell out laughing. They thought it was so funny. <laughs> so they had different classes uh, for men and for women, of course, uh, and, and of course, uh, lots of kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, were most of the kids coming from the, the neighborhood, or were they already connected to the congregation there? Or? Um, the first, the first day were people who would like who were members but um they were they were always asked to invite people in their neighborhood or friends and so that's that's what they would do and it would end up to something like this where there were 30 babies in one class and the teachers in that class were about to go crazy (laughs) in a good way though they were glad to have them (laughs) (laughs) and so this grew because somebody invited somebody invited somebody right yes yeah and so uh of course, you got to work with your mom, and I know, uh, I know it was exciting for both of y'all in uh, things that you were doing. And so obviously, uh, uh, some things are probably understood in the moment. Uh, I have no idea what you guys were, were doing here, but uh, yeah, you neither, huh? So tell me about the juice, a story about juice. Okay, um, so after v- vacation Bible school every day, they would have, uh, this is bag juice, in the back in their kitchen and in coolers they would have like different flavors it was like real fruit juice that they would put in a bag and they would like freeze it and it was kind of like a slush puppy type of thing and you would just like open the bag or tear open the bag a little bit and then just drink it and so that's what all of us are doing there in that picture yes um of course there's your mimi um teaching helping to teach too so you can see all the kids uh, and the different activities that you were able to to be a part of. And none of this happened um, after you got there, right? I mean, this was all planned out, and you knew what you were going to do and, and had prepared for it, um, and you got to lead singing one night. Or that's just uh, the Lord's Army song. I may never march an infantry song. Um, there was one version that... Uh, only me and my mom knew, and it was the space version. And so I had I let it I let a solo pretty much. And then after I did it once, they all started to catch in, and it was fun. And of course. The universal language is ice cream, right? Yes. <laughs> so no matter what culture you're in, you understand ice cream. For yes. Sure. Um, this, the ice cream, they don't have like, uh, only in certain ice cream shops, they have chocolate, vanilla, um, strawberry. They have like pistachio, butter almond, grape nut, 
rum raisin, and that's what they're serving there is rum raisin on a, a cone. And the night before at the hotel, uh, everyone was wanting to get ice cream that was at the hotel uh, who was with us. And so uh, they were starting to run out of flavors. And so really all they had was like one serving of butter almond. They had pistachio and rum raisin. And so um, I got the last butter almond. I think then it started getting wiped out of pistachio. And then a few people got rum raisin. They said it was the worst thing they've ever eaten. And uh, my grandpa, he's like probably one of the uh, person who loves ice cream the most that I know. He didn't even like it, so pretty much no one likes it if he doesn't like it. And so the next morning, that's what they're serving there. And some were kind of cautious on what it would taste like, but it was all good. Yeah. So, you know, if, you, if, if somebody drove up and saw this scene... Uh, you've got a crowd of people who are blocking a road. They're probably pretty nervous. But what is the story behind that? <laughs> um, it was the last day of vacation Bible school, and they were dropping, uh, some, a few of our people were dropping off kids at what they call a trial uh, back in their neighborhoods and all. And so as they were leaving, these kids made a chain because they didn't want them to leave. And they so they blocked the road because they didn't want them to leave. Yeah, they wanted you to stay, right? Yes. And, of course, you did get to see a little bit of uh, the countryside. And so you can't get too close to uh, Duns River Falls in Jamaica without going there. Right. A pretty popular place. And so you guys got to go and you climbed up uh, the falls, right? Mm-hmm. Got to spend some time. And then you went to a haunted mansion. So t- tell us about this. Um, this is the Rose Hall Haunted Mansion. Um, it was about a um, few centuries ago and it was, like, built... And so we got a tour of it. It was pretty creepy on some of the stories of the rooms. Um, there was this, like, a really cruel lady who owned it. And, yeah, it was, it was an experience. <laughs> and, of course, any time you're serving together, um, there's a, a component of relationship that you get to experience. So it was a, a pretty big deal. You got to go with your Mimi and Pappy. Uh, and spend some time uh, doing kingdom work with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to spend time with your mom and doing that. Uh, and so I know you guys uh, enjoy that bonding. But you got to meet a whole lot of new people. Yes. So you've got a whole, a whole new group of friends, right, that you've added to your, uh, your friends list. So, you know, talk about the experience of, of what, how a mission like that can bring you together and create these relationships. Um. The first day, I had no idea who these people were, and as we kept like working together, working together, and um, being in the same rooms, it pretty much helped all of us bond together, and now it's like we don't want to separate because of how good of friends we are. Yeah. So you got a story about this trip to the ocean. Um, that's also at Duns River Falls. It kind of, uh, the falls would like leak down and into an ocean, and that's where we're at. And we saw some other people trying to make this a, you know, a chicken fight whenever you stack two people on in a pool and you try to push the other person off of the other person. Uh, so we did a three-layer, what we called a three-layer chicken, where we stacked me on top of another person, another person on top of me. And I'm in the middle, um, if you can see it. And then we finally did it on, like, the third try. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
And, and then, of course, the group uh, all together there. And you got to go to the market, right? You got yes. to go to the market experience. So um, t- tell us about this. So how much money did you spend to get your hair done, man? Uh, it was... A thousand J, which was probably you spent a thousand dollars on your hair. <laughs> I saw, there's some people in here who are probably thinking that ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably about almost nine dollars on getting three. That, she's braiding my hair. I got three braids. Um, it was kind of, and then there were two other guys who also did it. So I'm, I'm highly disappointed that you did not leave this in your hair. Uh, till you got home, so I would have uh, I would have given you some extra money. I would have repaid you <laughs> if you'd have left that in your hair and worn it around for a little bit. But uh, as we're talking about, the, the serving together has created this bond uh, that will last with you uh, throughout your lifetime. Um, how has this experience in this trip impacted the way you think about your life? You live in Jacksonville, Arkansas. You live in the United States, in the southern United States, um, and, and you are a Christian in the United States. How has this trip, this mission, uh, impacted how you think about your life now after you've been been there? Um, Probably seeing the way they live their lives is kind of sad compared to how rich, I guess, uh, we are. And after going there, it makes it hard to complain about something little that we have whenever they're suffering. Yeah, good deal. Well, Jackson, thank you for sharing your experience this morning. And uh, we're so glad that uh, you got to do that. And I know that it's going to bless you uh, in your Christian growth. And I know you'll bless uh, the congregation because of that. So uh, thanks a lot. You know, there's a saying that, that children are great imitators. Children are great imitators. So give them something great to imitate. And so that's, uh, that's our challenge, uh, especially as a congregation. Um, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus. And, uh, and so they brought Him and wanted Him to uh, bless their children. And Jesus' followers, His disciples that were there, and they, they shoot them away. They got aggravated because they were bringing these children to Jesus. And so I can imagine. I mean, they got they got work. They're trying to keep Jesus on task. We got places to be. We got places to go. We got things to do. We got all this responsibility. You know, here's the thing about. I was thinking about Jackson and his trip. Jackson, he didn't know any better. He didn't know any better. He didn't know the the the, the time that he gave up to go there to do that. He didn't know any better. He didn't know the money that it cost to go. He didn't know any better. He didn't know the other things that, that he could have been doing. He didn't know that. But see, as we get older, we start to realize that, right? I got other things I got to do. I got, you know how much money this is going to cost? How are we going to pay for this? You know, I got other places to be. He, he didn't think about any of that. That comes as you get older, right? <laughs> Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13. The children were brought to Him that He might lay His hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to Me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And He laid His hands on them and went away. You know, the the key, the difference between the, the children that were coming to Jesus and those disciples that were shooing them away 
was what Jesus was trying to present this kingdom of God as. It's a position of humility. It's humility. I mean, there's plenty of evidence that children were loved in the time of Jesus. Now, they didn't have a place at the table. They didn't have a say in in family matters. They weren't directing how things happened in life. But they were cared for. They were just to be quiet and stay to the side and do as you're told. They didn't know any better. You just, this is how you do it. And as we grow up and we see adults doing it this way, how much of what we do now is because we thought, well, that's just how you do it. And sometimes we can get lulled into that as church. Well, that's just how you do it. You just show up on Sunday morning. You just show up on Sunday night. You just show up on Wednesday night. You just do one thing here. You just do one thing there. This is all you do. And Jesus' teaching about the kingdom is that your entire life is enveloped by the kingdom of God. Everything we do is impacted by, influenced by, and within God's sovereign domain, His kingdom. May we never lose that. But it takes humility. It takes humility in realizing that my life is not mine. My life is God's. My life is Christ's. And I humble myself in the sight of the Lord. And what happens? His promise is He will lift me up. I'm glad that our summer's kids don't know any better. I'm glad that they imitate what they see. But my challenge for me and my challenge for you is to give them something worthy to imitate. The Apostle Paul got on to folks who were, I want to be like Paul, I want to follow Paul. And Paul said, you imitate me as I imitate Christ. It wasn't about being like Paul, it was being like Christ. If you can see Christ in Paul, then be that part of Paul. And may we tell our kids, when you see Christ in me, you be that part of me. And when you don't see Christ in me, may I see Christ in you. The humility of a child willing to go and to serve and to do and to be influenced. So let's give them something worthy to be influenced by. What's influencing you this morning? Is it sin in your life? Is it, is it some way of thinking that you just can't seem to break free from? Is it, is it, is it the lack of humility? Is it, is it puffing yourself up? Not so much that you're walking around being braggadocious, as my grandma used to say, but maybe it's that everything that happens, you always think it's, well, everybody's out to get me. This is, you know, everything's against me. Because you're so much greater than that, right? I'm not. And neither are you. But when we humble ourselves before Christ, He will lift us up. If sin has you shackled this morning, humble yourself. Confess that to Him. Repent of that sin. And let Him lift you up in His forgiveness. And if you are ready this morning to become a child of God, to pledge your life to Jesus Christ, to become an ambassador of His kingdom, maybe across the sea, but absolutely across the street, across the office, across the building, across the aisle.
right here where you live and you work and you play every day. We're going to stand and sing a song of encouragement. If you're ready to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, the water stands ready. If we can pray for you and encourage you this morning, these brothers and sisters, stand ready. Will you come as we stand and sing?